once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the CGI podcast, which is where Curtis and Gaia go insane. It's an offshoot of the C-Squared podcast, but in this case, it's me and Gaia and we talk to different people about different things. In this case, we have a special guest all the way from Australia, a land down under where they have kangaroos and all sorts of insects and stuff like that. Uh, but anyways, it's Jai, the Aussie, Aussie metal guy who is here to talk with us for the next 30 minutes. So welcome, Jai. Hey, how you all going? Yes, besides that, we've got drop bears and bunyips as well down here in Australia. Um, nice. Joe, the Aussie metal guy here anyway. I help run um, the crank.com podcast. I also um, have a YouTube channel, interviewed tons of great bands over the last four years. Um, I also have a little bit of radio show over on that metal station as well, based out in New York. We've got a ton of great DJs from all over the world. A couple now here in Australia. And a whole heap of cool US DJs as well. So um, cheers for having me on your podcast, guys. It's a pleasure. I'm usually sitting on the other end asking questions. So this is pretty cool for me. It's going to be fun. So first question I have is, uh, do they actually eat kangaroo meat in Australia? <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, we do eat kangaroo meat. It's um, really quite nice. Um, the indigenous culture, the rutile is quite, uh, quite a delicacy as well. It's the, the favorite part of the root as well. What is what, okay? Describe the taste of kangaroo meat. This is totally off topic, but I had to ask an Australian this question. Uh, it's like a red meat. It's it tastes like a kind of a little bit like a steak. Um, yeah, it tastes a bit like a steak, man. I thought you would say chicken. Like for some reason, I was kangaroo chicken. <laughs> kangaroo <laughs> chicken. <laughs> yeah, no, a little more like a steak. It, it depends how you cook it as well. The the kangaroo. Do you, do you normally eat it like? well done not well like what is it uh it's got to be cooked well i don't eat kangaroo a lot but i'd have known from when i've eaten it you've got to cook it right or sometimes it can be really quite tough okay interesting and uh do you guys eat it with vegemite or what <laughs> no no i eat just about um everything with vegemite what i like with vegemite is a bit of cheese and vegemite um <laughs> on toast in the morning bloody cracker coffee you really do you really like that like i do yeah. australia eat <laughs> I love it. I got I got three jars in the cupboard. Holy fuck, guy! Have you had Have you had Vegemite? No, I never know. I I know what do you know what it looks like? Like a sauce or? No, wait a second. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. I had an Australian see this stuff. It's like I don't know how these guys eat this shit. Sorry, guys, as I run off to go get some Vegemite. There we go. Vegemite. Yeah. It's like a it almost look like a black tar substance. Like it's uh, <laughs> you spread it on your toast, and you're good to go. Sent me some two years ago, and I, they were like, "Oh, it's the greatest shit ever!" And I was like, "Okay." So I started to put some on my toast. I'm like all ready to fucking eat it, and I was just like, "I'm not into this shit at all." Not my, not my. Yeah, it, it's an acquired taste over here. I started putting it on my kids' um, pacifiers when they were really little. You put a little bit of Vegemite on their pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> high in vitamin B. Um, really high in vitamins and stuff as well. 
you know what? I thought the guy was joking me up, joking me after that. After I ate it, I was like, "Do you guys really fucking eat this?" Oh yeah, we fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now that we're done talking about Australian food, I think Gaia, do you want to start off uh, on a serious note or a non-serious note? I I don't care which. Okay, let's go like semi-serious. Um, sure. so you said this is like one of your first time being at the opposite, like being the one being asked questions. Um, <clears throat> my question for you would be, how do you prepare your question for your guests? Do you usually like do research and then have them like on your podcast or like on your doing the interview? Or do you just go and like just have like a chit chat with them? Yeah, well, for the first, um, I, I've actually got to interview you before, Guy, which was really, yeah. really cool. But um, I t- tend to do a whole lot of research, um, listen to the music, go through, um, you know, Facebook, go through all the research. Um, of course, the emails that I get, the press releases, I get them sent over. I thoroughly read through them. I go through as much um, background information of the band. I listen to the music a lot. And then I just get in there and have a conversation. For the first 10 or so interviews, I used to sit there and write a ton of questions down and it'd build up all this kind of anxiety. Am I going to ask the right question? And then you get into the interview and you ask that question. And then from their response, they've gone to a totally different place than where that next question is. So I found that I tend to just um, free flow a little bit, free form the, the, the conversation a little bit and just have a conversation. I kind of know in my head what I want to know because usually you guys know so usually you're talking to someone they're about to release an album or they've got a single or they've got a film clip or they've got something they're working on so in my head I know that I want to cover that but I'm also open to where the conversation will go so I'll just ask the first one and kind of build my interview or my conversation from that first response and go from there. Mm-hmm. So to clarify on that so basically you prepare by listening to the album get a first question and then it's like whatever happens happens yep that's it that's it curtis the first 10 were scripted interviews but after then i just kind of roll with it now perfect perfect guy did you have a follow-up yeah and um, how did you get into that like what what was your um i don't know what in french would be parcours i don't know what it is in english what was your path to go there <laughs> Uh, what was Sorry, it? Like well, um, I got asked. Um, a friend of mine from high school started the crank.com with a guy from Sweden called Peps Peter Enberg, and um, they started it um, quite a few years ago, but he didn't have the time to do it anymore. And he knew my passion for music and where I was in my life at the time. And he asked me to come over and write a guest review for a show that I was going to down Adelaide. I think it was Heavy SA or something like that. And I wrote a guest review and they were just blown away. They said, look, can you just stay and keep doing what you're doing? And now I've written more articles than anyone at the web scene and just um, just love music. I was always that kid at parties that would come up with a CD and go, check this out and discovering new music and giving it to my friends. So this kind of became an extension of that as well. But to be able to do it on a bigger scale to a wider audience, sharing my passion for music, um, the underground scene and all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cool. want to know how you kind of get because um, you've had some bigger names on your podcast. Like you've had Elise Ridd, for example, yeah. and there's been some other bigger names. Uh, how do you manage to get those type of people onto your podcast? Uh, yeah, well, it's pretty well the same way I got on with you guys. Well, once you do your first interview, you kind of have 
you know, the band shares it, someone else checks it out and either their PR or their managers check it out and they go, hey, I like the way you handled yourself in that interview. Can I add you to a media list so we can send you out any artists? And it just kind of grows and you have more and more people see your work. It's I'm kind of just being there, being around and just st- sticking through it through how many years. And um, I got on to um, John from Nuclear Blast and he said, hey, can we add you to the media list for here? And um, you cover all the artists we've got coming out as well so it's just a a matter of building a a bit of respect in the industry as well and just being there yep cool cool um so basically you just send an email yeah i get emails sent to me now they send them to me it was that way to begin with i did send out a heap of emails to begin with but now i have people like yourself at nuclear blast and a whole lot of great pr and labels from all over the world that are that hitting me up it does really blow me away because i cannot get enough time to do it all because it's basically just me and a couple other people but i'm definitely the most active for for the web zine the other guys are all working pretty well full-time jobs um we've got you know nurses and it people all over the world but they're really really busy so i'm just extremely passionate and just try and cover as much of it as i can fair enough and then how many hours per week would you say you spend on interviews slash reviews oh yeah last year i did 140 which was some weeks i was doing six interviews a week it was crazy um i'm on this all the time i'm I'm a really um i'm really an introvert so if i'm not at work or um basically if i'm not at work or going to a gig i'm here on the computer um editing publishing replying to emails sharing stuff on facebook um Mm -hmm. just tracking down contacting people um, doing little box opening things i spend so much time doing this to the detriment of a, a lot of things you know like um i've had relationship breakups recently because i spent so much time doing this and this is my passion i absolutely love it so yeah a lot a lot of time it's hard to put it into weeks because you know you spend a lot of time little times on the computer doing it um facebook pace post then you jump it over you're doing emails and research hours of sitting there listening to music as well which is a joy for me yep yep totally Guy, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, what would be your uh, tips for someone that wants to do what you do, like that wants to review artists and like do podcasts and like interviews? What would be like your advice? Uh, just dive into it. Be respectful. I had someone um, say to me first when I was first starting this and it kind of rang true. He said, you kind of want to... Um, create uh, respect and a bit of friendship with the artists as well. You don't want to be one of these um, sleaze journalists that just, you know what I mean? Concentrate on all the negativity of the scene for me. I'm doing this from a positive place and um, just respectful of the scene. And if you um, you do the right thing and you stick through it, uh, also advice takes a lot of work. So you've got to stick stick in it hours and hours of work i've been doing this for years and um i don't do this for any financial gain i haven't made a single dollar doing this i do this for the love of it maybe one day it'll work towards that but if you are new and you're starting out and you want to be a reviewer interviewer don't come into this doing this thinking you're going to be rich and you're going to make money because as i say to everyone who kind of hits me up and wants to be a review for here i'm like half the artists i haven't even getting paid mate so you know what i mean you got to do this from a place of love and from a place place of passion and that resonates with your work and then eventually it will lead to some place that will kind of make a living for you but for me it's been four years of blood sweat and tears and work for the love of the music scene but correct me if i'm wrong you probably do get free promos 
Yes, I do. I do get lots of killer, killer music. That's a, and we go over the positives. Um, some of the positives of doing this is I've met some amazing artists from all over the world. Max Cavalera, um, Soulfly. That was the very first tattoo I got on the top of my arm, and, and to sit there and have a conversation with Max Cavalera was an absolute um, joy to me because the first CDs I bought were like Sepultura Roots and Fear Factory D Manufacturer. Now I've interviewed Dino Cazares and Max Cavalera, and you know that was an absolute buzz and getting to listen to these albums before people drop them as well and you know i just got a killer merch pack from grindhead records which is well over 400 dollars worth of cds merch mouse pads sticker decals a whole lot of cool stuff just sent over to me as well (laughs) you're good beautiful daughter yes i'm good okay cool um, so back to what we were talking about with the promos, just for a brief second here. So like, um, I know not everybody gets sent promos and stuff like that, but would a person who wanted to get into reviewing, do you think should come in expecting that type of thing or no? What's that? No. Um, do you think they should come in expecting those type of things? I'm um, reviewing. Yeah. No, it takes a, it takes a bit of work. Also, you've got to build up a bit of respectability in the the scene because sometimes um, you've got to be aware there's a whole lot of confidentiality. There's non disclosure agreements, and if you're getting promos yeah. sent over to you, you've got to be aware that this is this is somebody's intellectual property. You cannot share it. You can't go. You can't be sitting there with your mates going, "Oh, check this out. I'll send you over this cool album." It doesn't work that way. You need to to have the, the right headspace and to go look. I'm doing this purely for the artist and for the scene as well and once you build up that bit of respectability and people can see look he's been here for how many years he's doing or he's doing this and um he's doing the right thing they will keep sending you they will start sending you that stuff over as well cool and we're back um so basically uh we were talking promos you'd answer the question so i think it's guy's turn now Yes. Uh, okay, so we're talking about promos. You kind of like got me lost for a sec. <laughs> um, so if you had like any artists that you would love to like interview, who would they be? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I'm pretty open. I enjoy each artist I chat to. Every single artist I chat to is an absolute joy f- for, for me. From um, you know, from the guys you send me over to the to everybody, I just love it. For me, this has been a really, um, really helpful part on me. I get just as much from these conversations as the artists do, because you know, I'd, I I suffer from PTSD. I've got anxiety and depression. Being an introvert, this really opened up a, a lot for me because music's always been a, a big, big part of my life, and one thing that's got me through so, so much that each conversation um, is really big to me. And it's hard to think of someone I'd, um, I would really, really love to chat because I've chatted to with so many great artists that I thought I'd never get the chance to chat with. Uh, you know, Max Cavalera was a big one. Um, Silenos from Dimo Borgir, um, Dino Cazares. There's been, uh, like you said, Lee's from Amaranth. There's just so many amazing artists that I've chat to that I'd really... Um, it's hard to pick just one that I would love, love to chat with. Dang. Um, okay, so now who would you say has been, other than Max, obviously, who has been your favourite person to interview to date? Other than Gaia and other than Max. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's a hard one. I, I really like chatting to Ricky Warwick. 
Ricky Warwick was a, a fun one to chat with. He was a really, um, really cool guy. He was open. The conversation was cool. We both got to chat about our daughters and being a dad with kids. And um, that was that was a fun one. Ricky was a really, really cool guy to chat with. Um, uh, who else? Um, Dino was a, a really good one. Dino Cazares from Fear Factory. That was a pretty impactful one because I'd done that one two days after um, my, my niece's funeral. And for me, that was... Um, a hard one, but I've also got a lot out of it. And Dino was so, so cool as well. And just, you know, he said, I was sitting there with him and we were talking and he said, man, like what you're going through, he said, it really puts a lot of my problems into perspective and makes me kind of realize what's important in life. So, mm -hmm. you know, just those little moments like that were really good as well. Cool. Um, and have you ever gotten nervous interviewing someone that you've listened to for a while or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get. Uh, I always get. I used to get a real, real bad when I first started this. I still have a fair bit of anxiety, but that was um really, really bad. I got um to a point where I learned to to ride the anxiety. It's like um having a. I've learned to do this for many, many years. It's like having a nervous backseat passenger that just sits in the back of the car, yeah. and you just kind of got to sit back. I'm fucking. I'm driving this car here. You need to just chill out. So. Um, I've learned to control those nerves and those anxieties a lot, but then to use them as well. Mm -hmm. So who, who was the person you got the most nervous pre-meeting? Uh, my first earlier ones, my earliest ones. Um, I, I interviewed Rich, Rich, Richie Norton. He's um, from Super Heist down here. And I was listening to them back when I was a young fella. And it was one of the first real, real big interviews I'd done. I think it was the second interview I'd ever done. And I was sitting in my car down the river. And I think my heart was about to beat through my chest. But he was super, super cool. And I had a lot of fun doing it. That's awesome. Gaia, what's your next question? Um. You mentioned that you're an introvert and um, I was wondering like how, because you said I really helped with that, but like how like intense was it for you like to start doing those interviews while you're like kind of introverted? Um, it was really hard. Help? Yeah, it, it was really hard. It took me a lot to finally get out of my comfort zone and start doing these interviews. And um, each one, it was my heart was in my chest, but I, I just pushed through it and I got a lot out of it. Yeah, it was extremely hard, but I enjoyed doing it. And then I had this um, high afterwards where it was like, wow, this was really cool. You know, you'd have that big anxiety dump to begin with and then you do it. And then you have this immense high afterwards and you're like, wow, that was really cool. That went well. You can see the person you've spoken who had a good time as well. And it just felt really good after doing them. So, yeah. Awesome. So, I want to I want to take things in a less serious direction if Guy is okay with that. No. <laughs> no I'm ask, okay with that. I'm joking. Ask, so, uh, what was the most embarrassing moment that you've had to date on an interview, either with you or with the other individual? You do not have to name names, but if you wish to name names, you are more than welcome to name names. Um, probably not more embarrassing, but you know, when you do this from home, kind of a little embarrassing, but you do this from home and you have, um, a family, like I'm a single dad and I'm raising three kids. So sometimes you have your youngest come in, in the middle of an interview and you're like, what do we do? And just, I want this. And you can't go around to your little kid go, look, I'm just chatting to this dude here. They're like, I don't care. I want you dad. I want you now. And then they're screaming at you. I had that happen once 
to an interview, but they were super cool. And it's just one of those things you got to juggle. A lot of people are working from home these days. The last couple of years have been pretty crazy. So you do have incidents like that when life kind of comes in the way of what you're doing. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you after we're done what I told Guy. If Guy reminds me about my most important. You don't want to say it like now? I don't because I, if, if he ever hears it, he will fucking kill me. So I'm, I'm not going to. If you're listening to the podcast though, because if he's not, it's fine. <laughs> he grows up and he ever hears this interview, he's going to be fucking pissed at me. So I'm not going to say it. But I have had very similar stuff. And I don't know if you can top the one I'm going to tell you afterwards. But um, <laughs> anyways, where was I going with this? Uh, guy, uh, do the next one because I just totally lost my train of thought. You spot like. Okay, so we're talked about okay, embarrassing thing. Um, yeah, embarrassing things. <laughs> um, but do you feel like having like you know like doing interviews with people it makes them because a lot of time you know like you listen to musicians for a long time and like you 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 hear their music and like their heart for a long time and then like you meet them while like doing like interviews like that um i feel like it would probably like humanize them a little bit more <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely does of um we're all just people and that's one thing i've realized doing this from all over the world i've spoken to musicians from all over the world and deep down we're all just the same it doesn't matter if you're you know you're up on stage playing to millions of people thousands of people at your shows or whatever or you you know you're the the, the artist is just breaking out into the scene starting out essentially we're all just the same so that's one thing i found out about this even the, the big guys like you know, that I've interviewed there it's very humanizing you get to see that people regardless of who they are and it's really good to see the passion of music I really love talking to these musicians and seeing their passion for music and how much um, music has impacted their lives and what it does for them as well cool. yeah um I, just a question to you um since like you know with the whole pandemic um did you find that you had like more uh, people available for interviews because a lot of musicians like they can tour so like they're at home right now so like did you get like more like people yeah lots more as i was saying last year was um 2020 was definitely my biggest year doing um i think it was like 140 odd interviews was just crazy people had more time and they needed to, to to get the word out about music so people like me who were in there at the right time at the right place were, were getting all these opportunities and being able to chat to people as well and it was um interesting talking to people as well going through this time and this pandemic artists that had made music like at the time this all hit then waiting till kind of now to to drop these albums as well it was interesting to see all that side as well from the, the artist perspective cool so we get we're down to about three more minutes guys so i know gaia has a, a question she always likes to ask So before I ask my final question, I'll have Gaia ask her final question. Okay, very important question. I always say it, it's super important. So what is your favorite dinosaur? Uh, pterodactyl. Yes, it's one of the best ones. Cool, <laughs> I like the answer. <laughs> cool, cool. So my final question is, what would you recommend as being the album that people should listen to for this year so far? Oh, Metal. for this year? Oh, metal. Wow. wow. Metal. Um, it's, metal. oh, dude, there's so many great releases. I'm going to say a death metal album here. 
Um, I'm going to say, because um, I really love the heck out of this album, come out End Seeker. There's been so many great albums, but this album, Mount Carcass, come out same day as the Cannibal Corpse album, kind of got looked over a little bit, but it is a ripping, ripping death metal album. If you love death metal, get some End Seeker into your ears. End Seeker? Like E-N-S-K-E-R? End Seeker. Yeah. Oh, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of that band before. Do you know what yeah, label they're um, I think they're on Napalm Records. There's been so many great albums this year. Even Lord of the Lost, I've been loving that. Um, you guys have got some amazing bloody artists. I like that Necrosexual. Uh, Louis yeah. Nas was a cool instrumental. Like the, the artists that you guys are representing are unreal, and I'm loving what the work you guys are doing as well because you are putting in some bloody unreal work, getting music to ears all over the world, like, which is really cool. I appreciate it. So, Guy, do we have any final things for Jai before we end off? Uh, where can we find all the stuff that you do? Uh, yeah, I can. Cool. I've got a YouTube channel um, just under my name, Jai Anderson. It's got a little crank. Um, got my logo there as well. Um, I had a guy to design the art for it. Um, also, thatmetalstation.com. I'm over there as well a couple of nights a week um, playing interviews, playing music as well. Um, crank.com of course you can head over there all the interviews are over there I've got um, we've also got some cool reviews we've got Mike the Punk who's doing some amazing um, punk reviews and he covers a whole lot of the punk scene um, yeah crank.com got my YouTube channel as Joy Anderson and that metal station we've also got Facebook pages for all those as well so yeah cool okay and with that thank you very much and we are done If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.